Hello, welcome to the Equippers International Podcast. We are going through the book of Hebrews together. In this episode, we're in Hebrews chapter 11. I'll be reading verses 32 through 40, a bit of a longer passage of Scripture, but let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll get right into it. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us they would not be made perfect." Well, this is a very lengthy passage of Scripture, and I'm going to do something that I haven't done so much in the journey through the book of Hebrews so far, and I'm going to deal with this whole passage as one episode today, a little bit because of the sake of time, a little bit because it would just take a lot to dig into every single reference. So the writer is just kind of now, what I would say, clumping together just a long litany of people throughout the Old Testament that also demonstrated great acts of faith. They also had faith adventures with God. And he makes reference to many people that we know by name. He makes secondary allusion to experience that some people had. He makes a reference in verse 34 to Daniel quenching the power of fire when he was thrown into the furnace of fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He makes reference to the uh, Shunammite woman receiving her son back from the dead through Elisha, and on and on and on it goes. Again, the emphasis here is people that walked in faith and believed God in the midst of very challenging situations. This is a theme that I've kind of hammered on now the last three or four episodes that really what's jumping out to me in a fresh new kind of devotional way as I've sat with Hebrews chapter 11 now for these days together in the podcast that this faith walk is so often a walk that takes place in the midst of challenge. And obviously the references here in this passage are very extreme, talking about people who experienced mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment, and they were stoned and they were sawn in two. <laughs> 
you know, this is quite a descriptive picture of people that were going through very challenging times and even laying their lives down and they were put to death even with the sword and they went about wandering in the wilderness. And the writer makes this comment in verse 38 that these people were really people that the world was not even worthy of, that their faith set them apart as pilgrims, as forerunners, as people that would say, you know, our belief in God is more important than our own very lives. And I believe this is a place that all of us have to come to in our faith walk with God. We have to come to the place where we're willing to say, we will trust God even if it cost us our life. I was teaching recently in a YWAM base in Brazil, and I had a lady from Angola come up to me after one of my times and sessions with her school. And I had been teaching on the power of forgiveness and what God accomplished at the cross through the death of Jesus Christ. And the girl looked at me and spoke through a translator, and she was speaking in Portuguese, and she says, you must preach this message, even if it costs you your life. I thought, wow, would there ever be a time that my declaration of what I believe to be true about the gospel would actually meet with such opposition or such persecution that I would have to lay my life down? And I was reminded at that point that I have made the decision in my heart that I'm willing to die for the Lord. Now, I pray this is not a prophetic declaration in any time in the near future, but all of us have to come to the point to where we do not love our lives even unto death. This is the power of the testimony of our faith. And the writer ends this chapter in verse 39, elaborating on something he mentioned earlier in verse 13. If you remember, he said in verse 13 that these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance. And he elaborates in verse 39 and he says, all these people gained approval through their faith. And I believe this is a reference to God approving of them in their way. God saw their hearts of faith and he declared them to be righteous before him. That is God's ultimate approval. And he says they did not receive what was promised them because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Now, this opens uh, to a lot of interpretation, and I'm just going to try to summarize what I believe this verse is referring to. I believe what the writer is referring to here is a very foundational truth to our faith is that everything that God has been doing and will do throughout history was summed up at the cross. It was summed up as a complete and finished work on the cross through Jesus Christ. And he says, these, though they exhibited faith, they did not receive the promise because the ultimate promise and reward of their faith had not been secured through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And so he preserved them. He approved them until Christ came because God had promised something better. 
And it was only available as a result of the cross. And that is the reference to the us in this passage. The writer of Hebrews is saying to us, his hearers, who are obviously reading the letter a couple of decades after the crucifixion of Jesus, and us 2,000 years later are still living in that place of fulfilled promise. So God summed up everything at the cross. And in doing so, it's as though he reaches back and he receives all those who walked by faith and they received the fulfillment of their promise then. And we live in the fulfillment of the promise now so that together with all these people of faith, we are able to enjoy the reward of the promise together. And this is going to lead beautifully into verse 1 of chapter 12, which we'll get into in the next episode, where he alludes to this great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And so it's a beautiful picture of what God has done through the finished work of Jesus. So I trust that this chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews has been an encouragement to you. I alluded in the previous episode that we don't get too far down into the details of a passage like this and miss why this passage is sitting in this letter. It's sitting here because the writer of Hebrews was encouraging New Testament believers, first century believers, specifically Hebrew believers, Jewish believers, to remain steadfast in their faith. And he's showing them through this chapter, that they have all kinds of examples to draw on, to be inspired by. You know, we can be encouraged by one another's faith. We can be encouraged by the testimony of those who have gone before us and paid the price. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Our faith walk, our faith adventure with God will always come with a price. But just like all those who have gone before us, it's worth it because God is worthy of everything that we have to give. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.